Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Palibor Iversoon, author of the book, Da Vinci's Mental Code. This book provides a detailed analysis of never-before-discussed embedded cues in one of Leonardo da Vinci's iconic artistic creations. It discusses why the hermetic catechus, adorned with its snakes and wings, became an establishment symbol for modern-day medical standards and practice, and helps the reader re-examine previously established theories backed by historical facts and observable evidence. So, Palibor, I want to welcome you to the Books on Air podcast. Well, thank you, Sloan. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, so let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, Da Vinci's Mental Code. Very well. I, I'm, uh, well, I do, in fact, have a, a bipolar mind, and so did my mother, and uh, it doesn't define me. And it, it, it tends to lead me to see things as per opposites, perhaps, uh, where I'd have 10 to 14 day uh, swings after my mother uh, uh, suddenly died. Maybe it triggered the gene in me to uh, have t- 10 to 14 day high periods to low periods, where at the end of a 10 to 14 day high period, I would realize I was acting tyrannical. And in fact, it was me acting out the personality of my father, who now arguably, I realize, has a pathological personality. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And so, and, and, and so uh, the, the, the lows were as, as bad as low as the highs were great. Narcissism, like if I, if I left the room, I felt like people were missing out like uh, during, the, during the high period. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously irrational. Is, is self-serving and I was having a lot of fun with it until I realized um, I, uh, that uh, other people's pain to my pleasure at the end of a cycle. Yeah. And, and this was all realized in hindsight after hundreds of, well, a lot of hours of uh, psycho deal, psychoanalysts, psycho uh, dealing with psychiatrists and life experience. I'm 48 now. Uh, sustained a, a couple suicide attempts, and, and that's okay. I don't want there to be. So did Tyson Fury. Uh, you know, uh, he's the heavyweight champion of the world, and and you know, uh, Jim Carrey's has a bipolar mind, and arguably so did uh, uh, Beethoven, and mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. He, he was known to have uh, migraines and in, in the such. Anyway, I, I say that to give a bit of background of myself to. Uh, to offer why I saw what I did in, 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 in the Da Vinci and in, in Da Vinci's uh, Vitruvian man. Okay. Yes. And so the Vitruvian man, that's the image of the man with his arms out and the circle around it. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I never yeah. knew about it. I, I mean, I never knew the name of, I didn't care about it until about four years ago. Yeah. So in that image, you were able to see something different than maybe most people. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was after meditation of family crises that uh, his left eye is much more uh, comparatively dark than his right eye. Mm-hmm. And that could be tied to who knows why he did it. I just never heard anybody talk about it. Yeah. 
I've never heard this discussed either. So when we were talking briefly beforehand about this and, um, and actually, um, Palabor showed me some images. So I encourage everybody in his book. He's got these images. I encourage you to go check out his book and, and see this. They're not actually in the images are not in my book, but, uh, all you gotta do is download it off the internet and zoom in on the face and the left eye is unarguably darker than the right eye. Right. And so when you were showing me that, and, and let's talk a little bit about your, maybe some of the conclusions you came to after, after looking at that and maybe seeing it with your, the way your mind works. Yeah. Uh, leading up to it was uh, if I found myself acting excessively self-centeredly or selfishly, it, it could be as simple as being, a, being a, a argument, being around my wife, an argument about how to load the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. So if I had to have my way, eventually I would get a migraine. It, what I eventually realized was in my left hemisphere compared to my right hemisphere, when my heart was going out to, to say anybody suffering relatively more than myself. So I got mm-hmm. at least the idea that both are not good. These are extremes. Right. And so uh, there was major family crises in my family um, uh, between around that culminated in 2016. Okay. Mm-hmm. and involved you know this is my brother and my father and we got through it and then eventually I would my mother realized when she was 10 in her memoirs that she wrote for herself which I stole uh I, I got into her apartment I took all her memoirs she wrote about before she passed on uh, about how when she was 10 she realized the masculine and feminine duality in her at age 10 mm-hmm. and she was like obsessed by it because she had to like yeah. Uh, when she had to fight her friend to get back her bike, her her friend stole her bike. This is when she had a great realization that her friend stole stole her bike for a joyride, and, and she saw the friend driving by her uh, front window when she was having dinner, and she realized she was going to have to uh, confront her friend. And she said, through this, she realized uh, that more masculine than feminine in her. So what? This is, she's age 10. And I never, I never thought about this. Yeah. Very insightful for a 10 year old. This is the idea of duality. Right. Where we all have, ex- you know, the idea that, uh, you know, it's, that's not a novel concept. Right. 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 And so I was meditating in 2018, like literally, uh, I don't know if prayer or meditation or just being stubborn and angry, like, tell me, like, I'm as bipolar as my mother. Tell me why. Like, if there's anything out there, anything, like anything that communicates down to us, tell me. And all of a sudden I'm looking at the Vitruvian man Uh, and I didn't, I didn't even know the name of it. And that's the image that came to your mind. I don't know. No, I don't know how it worked. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Because I, I, maybe I just recently watched the Da Vinci code. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it's or maybe just because of studying various things that that image is always flashed uh, tends to be yeah. flashed a lot. I mm-hmm. don't know, but I but I, I started I was drawn to it somehow. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. So I called my friend James Oliver, who studies a lot of this more than I do. Well, he's studied it longer. I've really done this crash course since the last twelve years. I was not a good st- student in high school. I've really done this crash course of trying to catch up with the world. Uh, I was a golf pro. And then uh, by 2008, I, uh, I, I realized I didn't know, I didn't know how the world worked because of the crash. And anyway, it was a big, it was a big wake up call for me. There was a, a there was a, a previous family crisis and all of a sudden I'm just trying to, I'm going crazy trying to maybe other people had awakenings around that time, but I was just studying, studying everything I could get my hands on. And so, but my buddy, James Oliver had been doing that much earlier since maybe, okay he was like 15 and me I started it when I was like 35 and so right. he knew the name I go what's that thing so I he I did I did not know the name of the Vitruvian man he goes the Vitruvian man <laughs> and that's how and then we started talking about it 
And when I started looking at it, I go, the eyes, there's an equilateral triangle shading around the left eye and more of a circular shading around the right eye, stuff like this. And then I go, yeah. I wonder if his head's tilting right. I wonder if his head's tilting right. Because if he was, if it is, he might be a man of conscience, Leonardo da Vinci, because mm -hmm. uh, the idea of well, these migraines I was having, and eventually I, I stumbled across a, Dr. Ian McGilchrist, who has a whole theory. He's written two books on it, Hemispheric Theory. The first, in 2000 page books, I have not read them. The first one 10 years ago, The Master and His Emissary. Okay. And he just recently wrote The Matter with Things. And so I, I start listening to him and I go, he's got that, 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 that falls in line with the Vitruvian Man. And so you had this, you were in this meditation, the Vitruvian Man came to your mind, you started investigating, and then you started, as we were talking about the dualities, these, these different things you start seeing in this that, um, that hasn't been discussed very much as, as we talked about, there is the, um, the other man you mentioned, who's, who's talked briefly about it, but um, what did that do for like, what conclusion did you come to after that? What was your, maybe your realization or what, how did that help you? Yeah. The, the whole idea is to uh, perhaps reduce uh, stigma on uh, anything at all. But in this case, bipolar, I think stigma is, is, is horrible. Right. And so maybe, this is the idea that why should we be so stigmatic about maybe a natural law of the universe? Because every uh, longstanding philosophical, uh, theistic, uh, what do you want to call it? Metaphysical mm -hmm. philosophy of time, cross culture, they talk about the same thing, whether it's ancient Chinese uh, with the yin and the yang. Right. So ancient Chinese it goes yin and yang. I'll, I'll just list off, uh, I have it written down here. As I've written in my book, just so I don't forget it. In ancient Chinese, uh, it's yin and yang. Uh, ancient Abrahamic, it's good versus evil. Okay. Uh, uh, ancient Buddhism, they call it eternalism versus annihilationism. Okay. Uh -huh. In the end, everything falls to dust. Maybe if everybody's vying for, for, for the top of a hierarchy, you might have to sell out your best friend or like, you know, whatever it takes, yeah. you know, yeah. only the strong survive, right? In the end, you yeah. might have to, you know, Alexander the Great, murder everybody to prove that your culture is better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then uh, ancient Native Americans call it dark and light mm -hmm. or light and dark. Mm -hmm. Ancient Hermeticists, ancient Greeks call it above and below. Right. And the New Agers call it positive and negative. I think, you know, <laughs> and I think we're all talking about the same thing. And maybe sacred geometry is equilateral triangle versus circle that's very arguable because uh, obviously, uh, well, you know, you can't have a less dynamic uh, geometric shape that where all the sides are equal length and straight edge than an mm -hmm. equilateral triangle. And then if you add one more equal length straight edge side, it becomes a square and that's four. And then, and then you and then the, add one more equal. And, and the, as the sides get shorter, you keep adding equal, equal length straight edge sides. And then eventually, you know, once you get to eight, you get to an octagon and start circling out a bit. Yeah. And yeah. Theoretically, if, if you keep doing it, theoretically, you, 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 you keep doing it, you get a circle. Yeah. So that's the idea of, of the most geometric dynamism might be a circle as, as per sacred geometry. Who knows? Like, like I see yeah. in the background, you got, you got a hexagon hanging, hanging on the, on, yeah, on the back of your wall. It's I everywhere. Do, yeah. So yeah. I mean, we didn't invent this, but to notice it, maybe perhaps sacred geometry says duality is equilateral triangle versus circle. Who knows? And in between is all the different 
variations of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. It's just very interesting topic and in, in, in way to look at things as you're talking about with having um, a different mindset, a different approach and a different view on, on this. Um, it leads to more questions, which is what I like about what we're talking about today. It leads to un, a lot of unasked yeah. questions. It leads like, as I'm sitting here thinking about this and I'm, it, it leads to more questions. This, these are the kinds of conversation I call that are like expansive conversations, right? Because right. We are, we're asking different questions and more questions in a different way, which leads yeah. to different ways of thinking, different ways of acting and different ways of behaving. hundred percent. And yeah. I don't claim to know anything in absolute terms. And I struggle with that a lot. A lot of, I, uh, meaning, uh, it's a lot easier just to claim, you know, everything and, uh, yeah. you know, it's a lot safer. Yeah, uh, it's easier. Yeah, that. exactly. And, and fair enough. Life's compu- confusing enough. Yeah. But then I think the other side of that is we know deep down, we don't know everything. And when we start exploring, yeah, but if you start, if you admit that, if you admit that to somebody, then, then, then right, you don't want to be too vulnerable, right? Because, because people have, uh, you know, I guess, sorry to interrupt, hounding each other and so on. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, for those who are the seekers, right, those that would listen to these types of conversations, those people that would be interested in your book, um, those, these types of people, as we are having this conversation, um, being feeling like you know everything or you're in a place where you're not growing to me is very boring. I think I've heard that from my friends. I've heard that from people I've interviewed over the years, being stuck and stagnant is boring. And often we need a different way to perceive something. We need a different way to, to um, look at something because not only if we're, what we're talking about today with Da Vinci and the, the, uh, his drawing, it's not just limited to that, right? Because if you, if you're shifting your mind in, in, in that way, and you're asking different questions in different ways that carries over to every way, every other area of your life, right? Because then you'll start to approach, which can be a bit daunting, which gets not for everybody. Exactly. Right. For those who are willing to do it, but it's compelled to do it. Exactly. And it it gets you a different, um, like like uncontrollable or whatever. Right. And you start being, being drawn to something compelled. Sorry. Yes. And you start to see things differently um, in problems or perceived problems that you had before. You start to look at them differently and yeah. you find different solutions than you didn't have before. <laughs> right. And that might be the idea of spiritual growth and testing. Right? In the Bible, it says or any any other place, maybe in Buddhism as well, with knowledge comes sorrow and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe meaning, you know, maybe it's not for everybody. Uh, well, if we're, if you're not compelled to do something, maybe, you know, there'd be, uh, you wouldn't be drawn to it where those, yes. those literally those 10 to 14 day periods of high. It's interesting. You said, but, but the you brought up the word boring because by the end of it, like I always thought, why would I flip? Because by the end of it, I ran out of creative juice within the idea of that. I knew everything and I would end out hurting people for, for my own. I don't know if they call it a psychic draw off, off of people, but I, when I would feel by the end of it, if I hurt somebody to win a moment, I never forget it. We were playing out, outdoor basketball and in the sky, it was a little heavy, like, like chubby. This is when I was 19. And we, and we, we, he was playing amazing. He was banking shots off and I was getting frustrated. I was fouling him. He kept, you know, stop fouling me. I was like, hey, you, 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 you quit being a wuss. Right. Yeah. But then he kept banking it off and, 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 and banking it and hitting him. He was playing amazing. And he was a fraternity brother of mine. This is a, a, a down at Rollins college. And he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, that's it. Stop fouling. And I go, what do you know? You're fat. And to win the moment, I, I won the moment. I got everybody laughing the way I delivered it, but I felt his pain in that moment. It was boring. Yeah. It was authoritarian and tyrannical. And I flipped in that moment. 
And I go, what the hell? Who am I? Like, like, so yeah, yeah. Like that led to yeah. growth, all that suffering. So I had like yeah. these two weeks for three years. Mm-hmm. And then I started smoking marijuana and then it was like stayed dark for a while. And I like, it got pretty dark for a while, but yeah, through the suffering comes knowledge or oh, for spiritual sure. knowledge or something. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I want to move over to what I talked about in the intro about the hermetic catechist which is the yeah what do you call it the medical i don't know how to say it yeah it's an old greek word caduceus catechist i I don't know how to say it yeah it's a hermes magic wand it's the son of zeus it's the son of god by chronos and this is another way to look at duality Uh, just to jump in there because meaning ancient abrahamic progression has to do maybe more suffering abraham was about to kill a son and then some angelic higher wisdom said don't do it maybe suffer with just don't do it. Just whatever it takes uh, you, to suffer through with your son, right? Mm-hmm. This is the idea, right? He's about to murder him, whatever happened, just don't do it. And then like the polar opposite of that is ancient Greek paganism where Kronos had a vision that Zeus was going to rise up to overthrow him, just like Kronos did his father, Uranus. And so what did he do as per the ancient Greek paganism? He devoured, they say, his child. And devouring can mean like physically, like, cause there's pictures of Kronos eating babies. Mm-hmm, like there's mm-hmm. amazing paintings from like five, 400, 300 years ago of a Kronos eating the head off, like eating a baby. And, or there's another way to devour, mentally devour, you know, like, like, right. parent, like tyrannical parents. You got to be like me, you got to respect. And these are parallel, opposite, like the law of opposites. These are opposite opposing ways theisms really the way to look at the universe i I believe um and and so and so we're ancient (laughs) then somehow in ancient greek paganism zeus poseidon and hades the son of zeus somehow rise up anyway to overthrow chronos so this is uh this is the idea of uh again law of opposites where where they're running parallel around the mediterranean and greek and these ancient greek cultures around the mediterranean i believe they're running parallel to each other where Abraham was somewhere in the Mediterranean, whether it was in Jerusalem, I'm no expert on this, but I, I know enough to know it was all around the Mediterranean. And ancient Greek paganism said, hey, the world might be like the black hole, right? Like it's, you know, like the physical world, meaning the center of the black hole is a supermassive destruct. That's our system. It's fueled by a supermassive destructive force, right? That's just the way it is on Earth. Mess with the chief, you're done. Yeah. Where maybe the, the pointing toward higher dimensionality is about suffering, no matter, no matter how much you want to murder, like you're, you might look at your child like a monster. Don't do it. Suffer and, and learn as much as it hurts. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the learning as much as it hurts. I 100% agree with that. That is, yeah. um, you know, I think most of us that are listening, that's that's a life theme, right? We don't sometimes, you know, I know for myself sometimes when I'm going through those mind boggling. Well, and, and it's and I don't want to learn sometimes. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this, right? I, don't I know. Want to... I just want like enough torture. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. There's a huge deterrent to it. It's natural, I think. Well, yeah, we resist it, and in the in the resistance, there's pain too, right? Because we're resisting the change yeah. or the whatever the scenario is. But so, what I'm hearing from our our conversation today is that that discovery you've made through your your process, your um your experiences, what you, what you've experienced in your life, things you saw in your life that, um, you didn't like, and that you, you, it sounds like made some changes. You, you were aware of it. You've implemented some changes and that really that, that duality, that, that both sides of the unavoidable, it was of compulsion. 
Yeah. You know, I actually, I had this explained to me once about, like, about like magnetic flip, sorry. Yeah. About the duality where you have, I'm just going to use um, dark and light. Okay. I'll just yeah. use dark. I'm just going to use those terms. I think it's all the same. It's just different things to call the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to just yeah. use dark and light. So there's the dark and there's the light. Right. And so yeah. and, and the way it was explained to me is like, you know, we can't, we, we can't and, or don't, or won't stay in the dark all the time. Right. It might feel like it when we're there, but we don't stay in the dark all the time. Same with yeah. the light. We want to move towards the light, the happiness, the, the better yeah. emotions, but that doesn't, that's not how human emotions work. Right. No. And, then, and the way it was described to me is there's like a line in the middle that's called wisdom. Like mm. that wisdom yeah. where you balance, light, right? Yes. Which right? is it's almost unattainable because everything moves in waves. Right. And so you're balancing in that space, whatever wisdom is for you. Right. And wisdom is, it's going to mean, and wisdom may not be the word for everybody. Right. It may it's be some balance, that, right? You can't have a sustainable system unless it's balanced. Yeah. Right. And being in that balance, whatever balance means for you, because it's going to be different for everybody. But yeah. understanding that we're, we're not, we, when we're yeah. in the dark, we, we, it feels like we've swung that way and we're going to stay there forever. Yeah. But that isn't true. Even in the light, we, we remember in the good times that to appreciate those good times because they're not going to last forever, right? We're not going to always, because it co- changes constant. So like you're saying, having right. that balance in the middle and understanding what that means for ourselves, um, yeah. that, that that was a way that it was explained to me that I found very, um, very helpful as I, uh, as I think yeah. about my life and in the way I go through things. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, every, I guess it, it, it's so unattainable or fleeting. Not not unattainable. It's obviously attainable, but maybe the idea is it's fleeting. As per the test, we're always tested to take on more things in life, and then with great power comes great responsibility. Then you're thrown right. back and rise up, and then maybe as you take on more responsibility and power, you have to keep balancing yourself. You know, whether you become a, a parent, you know, that's a lot of responsibility as you grow and gain mental power, which I think is just life, you know, experience over time. Yeah. There's a difference between a 40 year old and a 10 year old. It's just experience over time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like kids are so smart. Right. But like an adult can have more knowledge of patterns behaviorally and whatnot. So as you gain that more power, it'd be advisable to have responsibility. Maybe that's rebalancing every level. Yeah. Gaining uh, whatever it is. And uh, I think as we get older too, we know ourselves better, right? We know yes. ourselves, we know our own patterns. And other people like the patterns. And that's the idea of yeah. gaining mental power. And you better, like, you got to be responsible with it because sometimes light can masquerade or dark can masquerade as light, right? Like, like why, why do people uh, think they're doing the right thing when, when sometimes they're acting tyrannical? It can be very confusing. Right. right. Might means different things to different people, right? There's a whole exploration of that, right. Of, of how, Works, but oh yeah it's endless it's, yeah, it's I endless. Know. so so i think we're, i think it's part of we're just here for the test because life is it's temporal experience and uh you know somehow we're thrown in the middle of the, of the duality and uh you know the, the string theory like they, they they say i i'm not an expert on any of this but max Planck and them with string theory somehow proved there's like 11 dimensions uh, with the string theory and we're in the third dimension How, why do we call our dimension the third dimension so maybe if if balance is the sixth dimension and there's like 11 or 12 dimensions then we're closer to darkness on the third dimension than balance on the sixth where god i mean who who knows what the string theory is but what does the third dimension mean yeah so many in questions terms of if there's 11 dimensions I, I so many idea, questions but, Maybe why that's yeah. why there's so many horrors and people rationalizing dark, dark acts on this planet. Cause maybe we're just like dimensionally closer to, to the first dimension. If that's of a snake or a mm-hmm. spider or a demon or whatever. Right. It's like, 
and, and maybe they can't get into the fourth. I, I, this is all theory I've heard from other people. Yeah. Maybe they can't get into the fourth <laughs> dimension. We're like the bear. Who knows? We're yeah. like, like why, why is there more seemingly dark acts on this planet? Like outwardly dark acts where all the good acts we do, like uh, maybe those are all immeasurable, immeasurably immeasurable kind acts that go unnoticed. Right. I, I don't know. We're coming to the end of our time. Um, we yeah. could talk a long time about this. Oh, yeah. oh my God. We're out of <laughs> time. Um, I think, yeah. That's why we're here though, to consider it. Exactly. Exactly. So again, I want to thank you for joining us. And before we close out, what do you hope the readers um, learn or take away after reading your book? Yeah, I hope they give the Vitruvian Man another look and and head on over to, you know, eventually uh, maybe read my book and then check out Dr. Ian McGilchrist because he's got a cool hemisphere theory where he says the right hemisphere is the master, holds the secrets of the universe, and the left hemisphere is the emissary dealing with the physical world, you know, our place in the world. But in the end, he, he claims the the master has all the answers. So just check him out on the YouTube. He can he can really speak well about it. Buy my book if you want to. Uh, maybe as a pre a, a prefer. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but he's he's a psychologist. I'm not. I'm just a regular guy who stumbled across uh, perhaps an encoded message in the Vitruvian. Yeah. Well, yeah. so interesting, and, and thank you for joining us today. It's been uh, a very interesting conversation. Yeah, and uh, DaVinciMentalCode.com is where the book is, or Archway Publishing, DaVinci Mental Code. Thanks, Sloan. Okay, great. I'll put all those links in the show notes so that listeners can find that. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking with you. You're welcome. And you've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.